you are not going to believe this. I got my first heckler. That's right. My very first hater in one of my webinars. And I'm here to tell you all about it because there is so much to deconstruct here from their intentions to how I took it to what I took away from it. And I believe that one day you are going to be dealing with your own version of haters. And maybe even right now, you are dead scared, afraid of them. And it may be keeping you small. So in this episode, I'm going to give you a brand new perspective on haters that I think is actually going to make you very excited to get your very first real hater down the line because you're going to know exactly what to do, not just to handle it, not just to control the situation, but to make your business even better because of it. Hi, my name is Ina Coveney. I am a business coach and I specialize in monetizing tiny audiences. And this is the Get Clients First podcast where all we talk about is how to grow your coaching business without the need for growing your audience. Now, don't get me wrong. We all want a big audience right now. We want it yesterday, but that should not stop you from going out there and getting clients and doing what you need to be doing in this world to make an impact. And that's why we say go and get clients first. Thank you so much for being here today. We also have amazing interviews with great coaches, and I ask them all about how they got started getting clients first. So make sure sure to go back and binge on some of those interviews. And on this episode, we're going to talk all about hecklers and haters. And I want to tell you my story of what happened, because this literally happened just a few days ago. I want to tell you exactly what the story is, what happened, how did I experience it internally, how did I handle it uh, outside, <laughs> externally, how did I handle it internally, but most importantly, I am actually at this point where I'm sitting extremely grateful that it happened. And I'm hoping that I can inject some of that energy into you because I know there's a coach listening right now, and this could be you, that you are that scared of somebody doing something like that to you, of somebody um, just saying bad things about you in public. And that's what keeps us small, right? that fear of public humiliation really keeps us small. So I wanted to kind of share a different perspective. And I am hoping that by the end of this episode, you'll actually be excited and looking forward to that time when you get to experience this so you can see how you can use it to even boost your business further. So we're going to get there in a second. But before I tell you that story, I want you to know, like, where was I coming from? Um, what has been my experience with hecklers, with haters so far? So because my audience is pretty small, I have not experienced public humiliation. I have not experienced people coming in droves and telling me, you know, telling me off or telling me that I don't know what I'm talking about. Like that has just not been my experience because for the most part, people who like me continue to follow me and people who don't like me they stop following me. So the hater situation is one of those things that we we are afraid that it's going to happen. Like if we put ourselves out there, our audience is going to get sick of us, is going to start berating us, is going to start complaining, is going to start criticizing us. When in reality, everybody kind of has a choice. They have a choice on who to follow. They can just hit unfollow. They can just unsubscribe from your mailing list. And that's pretty much the worst that happens normally. But then there's those people. 
then there's those people who can't let it go, who have to say their opinion, uh, even if it's not a positive one, even if it doesn't affect their lives in the least, right? They will make it a point to come and say their piece. And that ends up affecting us, ends up affecting us in an emotional level, in a cellular level. So before this event, and I'm going to tell you exactly what happened uh, this past week, but before this, my experience with haters had been pretty much of the very normal kind. None of them were easy, but I was able to handle it okay. Um, back in the day when I first started my business, literally 2018, I was posting a lot on Facebook. I'm not so much on Facebook anymore, other than my Facebook group, which is called Coaches Helping Coaches. It's a free group. If you're not there yet, the link is in the show notes. You can go get it right there. You can come and join us, hang out with other coaches, amazing coaches just like you. So other than my Facebook group, I don't really post on Facebook a lot. My platform of choice is just Instagram. So I'm just not there a lot. But back in 2018, I was. And I was posting things like, hey, don't give up. You can do this, right? Totally benign and inspirational. And then I posted a post and I still remember what it said. It said, you are not allowed to quit, but you are allowed to pivot, change your mind, switch, change course, like all of these other options that are not quitting, right? So I posted something like that. And I had somebody that that I loved. Uh, he was more like an acquaintance. We knew each other from when I was in college. So we probably hadn't seen each other in over 15 years. And he sends me a personal message. Actually, he sends me a message on, on the comments. He just comments saying, well, what if some people really need to quit? Like, who are you to come and tell people not to quit? Like, what is your problem? And I'm here like, whoa, I did not think that a message as, you know, that has been as inspirational to me would be a trigger for somebody else. So I sent him a message personally and I said, hey, what's up? What's going on? And I let him speak. And he goes on this entire tirade saying like, how dare I go out and tell people what to do? How dare I tell people that they can't quit? How, like, how dare I dictate terms on people's lives? Because some people are just not going to take that. And I can't pretend that I can put that message out there without it being challenged. And I let him talk. And I said, totally respect your opinion, man. But if you don't like what I'm talking about, I believe it's a little bit rude to come and try to take me down in public. So I would very much appreciate if you just didn't leave those comments anymore. If this message is not for you, you can unfriend me, you can unfollow, you can mute. Did you know that you can mute posts on Facebook? Mute me. But please don't do that in public to me anymore. That was just really mean. And he said, understood. He never unfriended me, but we never talked again. So I... To tell you the truth, I did not feel that was a great loss in my life. Literally, we had not spoken in 15 years. But that was my first taste of, oh, what I say matters and it may land the wrong way with some people. But if I had taken that conclusion and drawn a new conclusion, a new inference from there saying, okay, so if some people are not going to like it, therefore, I'm not going to say it. 
that would have been a bad conclusion to jump to. Instead, I said, oh, some people are not going to like what I'm going to say. That means they should probably unfollow me because there's a lot more where that came from. I have a very clear vision of my future, and it does involve inspiring people. It does involve getting everybody who's listening to this podcast right now to look at haters in a completely different way, to be able to meet your dreams, to be able to go after your dreams completely unapologetically. And anybody who has a problem with it is going to have to unfollow and unsubscribe. And that's got to be okay. There are options in this world. That's why you have Coke, regular Coke, vanilla Coke, zero Coke. Just because people have a huge problem with the kind of sugars or lack of sugars that they use in Coke Zero, that doesn't mean that Coke is going to stop offering it. It's an option for people who want a low-calorie option. But that we need to have options in the world. And I am a flavor. I'm a flavor of your favorite drink. I am a chocolate milkshake. Not everybody likes chocolate milkshakes. Some people like vanilla and some people like strawberry. But just because there is a whole website called wedontlikechocolatemilkshakes.com, that doesn't mean that chocolate milkshake is going anywhere, right? So I had to come to terms with that decision first. I had to decide for myself that the opinion of that person should not affect the rest of my life. And that was a very, very important thing for me to like plant as a chip in my head that that person who is complaining should have zero power over how I lead my life unless it affects me for the better. I had another experience actually quite recently where somebody posted in my comments, and I'm sure you could still see them if you're following me recently, um, somebody just rolling their eyes at my content just somebody posting, oh, please, I, like some people have the nerve of being so scammy, right? So scammy and so spammy talking about my post. I remember replying. The reason I respond, by the way, is because those comments are engagement, right? I'm not going to take their rolling their eyes at me as a sign to stop or as a sign to slow down. I'm going to take it as, what can I, what positive thing can I get out of this? Oh, a comment is a comment. So I reply to the comment and I say something to the effect of, oh, yes, I totally agree. Some people are super scammy. But if you look at my stories, I have testimonials posted right now telling you that there are people who found my help helpful. So go and check them out, right? So a comment is a comment. What positive can I draw out of this? Because changing their mind is not going to be a thing, right? Uh, stopping them from making those comments, I can block them. In fact, that same person posted another negative comment on my feed. You know what I did? I blocked them. I did. I blocked them. I don't really need that negative energy. I create the positive universe around my social media. I'm the president of my feed. And I get to say what is okay to say in my feed and what is not okay to say in my feed. I don't care. Like that person who's making a negative comment is not a member of my civilization, right? Is not a member of my community. 
is somebody who came from the outside and is trying to wreak havoc. So no, I do not have to take their thoughts into account. Now, some people may say, but wait, don't they have a point? Not with that tone, they don't. All they're doing is trying to take me down. And that is just not a great goal for them. If they would like to challenge what I say, let's talk about it. I gave that person a fair chance. I gave that person the first comment and I responded to it. They kept coming back with the negative energy. I blocked them. I don't need it. They're not a member of my community. They can be shown the door. If you come into my house, you better be respectful of my house, respectful of my kids, and respectful of me. If you're not, I will be very, very gladly showing you the door. So that is how I control the energy in my community so that everybody else is exposed to positive energy. I want people to want to hang out with me, not to see me responding to hater comments all the time, because what is the point? So having said that, that was kind of like my background. That's like the extent of my hater relationship, okay? Now, at the same time that that's happening, I am preparing for a masterclass. And I taught this masterclass before Black Friday. I taught it twice on the same day. The first time that I taught it, like 11 in the morning, I didn't do any slides at all. I just wanted to test out the concept. After I tested the concept, I decided, you know what? For the pitch part, if you've ever done a masterclass, you know that there's usually a, an introduction of your program at the end. I felt like for that part, I really needed to have some supporting material. So I spent two hours between the masterclasses. I had a masterclass at 11 in the morning and then eight at night. I spent two hours creating some slides to put around this live whiteboard session that I was doing. And that worked out well, but not as well as I really wanted it to. So I decided to teach it three more times, Wednesday, Thursday, and Sunday. I taught it Wednesday and I got some feedback and there was, there were still some things that I was just not comfortable, 100% comfortable with in that presentation. I felt like I could have done a much more effective, effective description at the benefit that joining my programs are, right? So I'm here like, as all that stuff, like hater stuff is going on, I'm here working on a perfect masterclass. And this is something that I recommend that you do. If you've ever taught a masterclass before and you've only taught it once, I recommend that you set up a few more dates. And every time you teach it, you take whatever you did as feedback and you keep moving it forward, moving the feedback forward and making your presentations better and better. So by Thursday night, I had created a new way to engage with the audience. And that night, for some reason, Thursday nights, are the least attended dates of my webinars. So if you ever want like individual attention on a webinar of mine, come at night. Because that's usually not where my coaches, when my coaches are hanging out. My coaches are usually coming at noon on Wednesday or during the weekend. But at night, I get very, very low attendance. The only problem is that I always get program signups on Thursday nights. I don't know why this is a thing. I have taught a masterclass. I'm talking like for years. I have been teaching a masterclass on Thursday nights where I get two people show up and one of them buys my program. It's like 50% conversion rate on Thursday nights. So I can't stop teaching on Thursday nights because it seems to be lucky. So I went on Thursday night. Again, I am Preparing, I prepared a brand new way to present the information, brand new pitch, brand new slides. And I get, um, we welcome like five people who joined the masterclass, right? One of them 
is a client of mine. She joined my program. My program, by the way, is called 30 Days to Clients. And we're starting a brand new cohort January 1st. Um, and we're just going to skip over this part because I want to finish my story. But if you want more information about that program, it's an amazing program where we focus on getting clients. That's all we do for 30 days. And you can just go to 30daystoclients.com and you'll see more information there. So anyway, I am, you know, so the five people that came, one of them was somebody who joined my program and we're starting together in January. She just wanted to see what I'm doing. Somebody else who actually two more people who came for the first part, but had to drop out halfway through. Right. And then there were two people left. One of them I've been in touch with forever. I have met her in person. She's one of my dear coaches and she ended up signing up for the program for 30 days to clients that same night. There we go. That's my Thursday sign up. And then there was this one other person. Now, remember, I told you there were five, two of them left halfway through. So here I am with three people on the call. One is a client, one is about to become a client. And the other one is this heckler, heckler situation. So I am giving the presentation. Everything is going fine. I am doing the whole whiteboard session. And what I'm explaining in this whiteboard session is the fact that you cannot start your business by creating an online course. An online course is a way for you to scale a business, to be able to provide that coaching package that you've been guiding people one-on-one -on -one and in groups, and now you have all these videos, you can package those into a course. It's a way to do the same thing for many more people with not an increased level of effort, right? It's a scaling technique. If I have three one-on-one -on -one coaches, right, that I'm coaching, right? So if I have three one-on-one -on -one clients and I'm coaching them on exactly the same thing, every week, week after week, and I'm repeating myself over and over again, it makes total sense for me to package some videos and sell that as a course to more people without me having to get on one-on-one -on -one calls with a hundred more people. That's what a course is for. A course is something that is a tool that you use to scale a program that works. So my point in this whole presentation was, if you are starting out by creating a course, you are missing out on valuable feedback, on finding out if your offer actually works, if the steps that you're putting in that course actually work, especially if you've never coached before, you got to start by getting clients first. <laughs> That's the name of the podcast. You got to start by getting clients first. That's the first thing you need to do. Now, it turns out that this heckler person had never coached before, and he was in the process of creating his first online course. So essentially, I was saying, starting with a course is like shooting yourself in the foot. You really got to start getting clients first, helping people, developing a methodology, and then scaling it by creating the course. So since I was telling him to do things in complete opposition <laughs> to the things that he was doing right now, I, you know, I'm, I'm putting words in his mouth, but he might have taken a little bit of exception to that. So... He said in the presentation, wait a minute, every coach out there tells everybody that they need to have an offer, like a course, that they need to have an offer before they get clients. Tell us how they are wrong. And I'm like, I just spent the last hour telling you why they're wrong. I just spent the last hour proving to you that when you are working with clients, 
you get better feedback, you get better results, and you're able to sell this a lot better than if you started out by spending several months packaging something that you are not sure if it's going to work or not because nobody has actually gone through it yet. You got to start getting clients first. Um, it's not the same thing, by the way, as if you've already been teaching the same stuff and you know that it works, it's time to create a course. But it's just not your first step as a coach. And um, you can see that he started losing faith. You could see that he started uh, kind of going against everything I was saying at that point. And it started to get very awkward and uncomfortable because the other two people on the call were people who were completely in tune with what I was saying. They're like, yes, I need clients. I want to develop my methodology so that I can create a course down the line. I want to do this. And here's him kind of digging his heels saying, well, that doesn't make any sense. You're not answering my question. And I, uh, he just started busy, like, just like pooping on everything I was saying. So I'm going to tell you, at the time, I was just kind of trying to ignore him, but also help him realize. So I always take, if anybody asks me a question, I will answer the question. If you don't want to hear the answer, that's kind of fun you. Go and do your own research. Go and listen to some other coaches. Maybe I'm just not your chocolate milkshake, right? That's okay. I, I've been told to do one thing for by many coaches and only one coach actually gets through. It's okay. You don't have to get all of your information from me. You don't have to believe anything I say. But if what I'm saying inspires you and resonates with you and motivates you, then this is a place to be. But if it isn't, place. So that's kind of like my mentality while we're going through it. So I'm here asking people, okay, so how excited are you to come and get clients in 30 days with us? And he goes, zero. I'm like, okay, <laughs> great. No, um, I am about to do a raffle for an Instagram audit with anybody who stayed until the end. Why he stayed until the end, I will never know. And okay, so I'm not going to say his name. I'm going to make up his name. Jeff, Jeff, you said you hate social media. Yes, this is something that he said in the chat. You said you hate social media. Do you even want me to audit your account? Because remember, we have three people on the line. One of them is already my client and I already audited her account. So there's only two people that would be in that raffle. So I asked him, Jeff, do you even want this audit? He said, I wouldn't trust your audit. I said, great. Congratulations, Kiki! You just won an audit, and Kiki's excited, right? Um, so okay, and then we finish the we finish the presentation. Thanks, everybody. Um, and I close the presentation. Um, and Kiki does end up signing up for our program, and we're going to start January first. We have our first call this week. We're very very excited, and I walk off, and I am feeling a little bit rattled, right? I'm feeling a little rattled, but I am still coming off of a high of the masterclass, uh, of having taught what I know, of having given value. I'm still coming off of that high. So I tell myself, okay, what would my higher self do? What would Ina Moneybabe, my alter ego, what would she do? What is the right thing to do right now? Um, first of all, I actually had a gift for everybody who stayed um, until the end. And that gift was a training video that I had created. And it's something that expires. It's not something people got to keep forever. But he stayed until the end. 
So I needed to ask myself, what is the right thing to do here? Do I send him the video? Do I send him that special training that only people who stayed until the end get? Or do I keep it to myself? Do I just block him, unsubscribe him, never talk to this person again, just try to forget the whole thing? What is the right thing to do? And sometimes, you guys, we know what the right thing to do is. We just know, we just know that it's the hardest thing to do. But we got to first acknowledge what is the right thing to do. So if I know what the right thing to do, then it's a matter of a decision. Do I want to do the right thing or not? And that decision becomes a lot easier to make. So I ask myself, what is the right thing to do right now? I'm going to tell you the right thing. Number one, to send him the training video. He stayed until the end. You stay in integrity. You send that to him, even if that means that he's going to reply to the email with all the insults in the world, right? You send it to him because you said you would. You stay in integrity. You are a person with ethics. Keep them. That's more important than your fear. So, okay, I'm going to send it to him. The second thing that is the right thing to do in this situation is to listen, is to actually listen to what this person was saying. How can I use what they said to the benefit of my business, to the benefit of other people in future masterclasses? At which point did I lose his trust? At which point did I say something that may trigger people in the wrong way? Or that it may trigger people that are not the right people to be in this presentation, right? Because it was clear that this person was not my ideal client. It was clear that this person had created an online course and was not willing, able, or ready to start getting clients right away. That's something that he seemed to be against. So, okay, what if I have somebody that I could definitely help, but they come in with that stance, how can I address that in the presentation so that my presentation can be stronger? So that if somebody comes in with a certain set of preconceived notions, they can walk out having changed their mind. So I'm like, the right thing to do is to read through those comments and to make changes to the presentation, to adjust expectations, to adjust the right kind of person that should be in this masterclass, right? and for everybody to be on the same page. So I did that. Before I sent him the email, actually, I went through the chat and I discovered something that I didn't see <laughs> when I was live. I discovered that at the end of the chat, when I had said, that's it, thank you very much, thank you for being here, we are done. I will see you later. He wrote, thank God. And I read that. I'm like, wow. Why would somebody with such anim animosity for what I'm presenting stay until the end? And then it just kind of hit me. It hit me. If you have not listened to episode 234, which is the previous episode to this one, where I was talking to my spiritual contact, 
about my business and about what I'm supposed to be doing. That, thank God, reminded me, wait a second, wait a second. You guys know what just happened with this heckler? Do you guys realize what I just witnessed, what I just saw, what I just lived through? My spiritual contact, and I say spiritual contact, that could be for you, it could be the universe, it could be God, it could be your higher self, right? Inject whoever your spiritual contact is right there. My spiritual contact put me in a situation that was 100% safe for me to receive information that was going to be absolutely needed for my next masterclass so that I could impact more people on the Sunday masterclass. My spiritual contact said, Ina, your masterclass presentation is not strong enough yet. And what I need to do is to send you a heckler who's going to be loud, who's going to be obnoxious, but he's going to make the point that you need to specify in this masterclass who this process is for, what kind of coach this is for, what kind of actions people should be taking and how we get all on the same page before you move forward, you need a better way to engage with this audience in a way that is a little bit more solid, a little bit more foolproof. And I'm sending you this heckler in a completely safe environment. Because if you think about it, this heckler was heckling while there were two other people there who are who signed up for my program, who are already in, who trust me, who who believe the things that I'm telling them because it's for their benefit. This was... Basically, me listening to a heckler in his own e echo chamber. He was in a room by himself screaming these things. And my spiritual contact said, you need to hear those things. Because I know that if you hear them, you're going to come up with a much better way to impact more people's lives come Sunday. So I want you to listen in a way that is completely low stakes here. It's not like I got a heckler when I was presenting to a crowd of a hundred or a crowd of a thousand. Do you realize what just happened? So when I read those words, thank God, and it hit me, I, I said to myself, thank God indeed. Thank you. Thank you for having been here. You know what I did on Saturday? That was Thursday night. On Saturday, I spent hours, like four hours straight, modifying my slides, modifying the engagement pieces to make this the most impactful masterclass that I could ever teach. And there is no way I would have been able to come up with all of that if it hadn't been for the heckler. So you know what I did Thursday night when I had this realization? I wrote him an email. I said, here's the link to that training that I promised you. And I just wanted to say thank you. Because of the things you said, my delivery of this masterclass and the value that I'm going to provide to coaches come Sunday and into 2024 is going to be so much stronger, so much better, so much more valuable because of you. So thank you. Now, he never responded to that message. I'm grateful for that. This was not a debate. I did not want a response. But I felt in complete integrity that this actually helped me. I'm not going to lie. 
this sounds an, like an extremely enlightened way to handle hecklers, to handle feedback, but I am the queen of fear of rejection. The queen. There's nobody else who has more fear of rejection than this one right here. So I was shaking in my boots. I was jittery. All of the next day, all of Friday, including some parts of Saturday, it took me a whole three days to finally get it out of my system, to get his words out of my system, to get the rejection out of my system. It took me that long, even as I was very logically and rationally modifying my slides to make them better. Even if, as I understood it, I was rattled. And I just wanted to tell you that because from a human perspective, that's how it feels. And when we feel rattled, we want to get out of there right now. My friend, Elisa Smith, she's a trauma-informed life strategist and you, everybody should go follow her on Instagram. She is your best moment is now. Elisa told me, your body right now doesn't see a difference between a heckler who just gave you amazing feedback and a bear chasing you. So yes, you are going to need a little bit of time to come down from it. So you may be wondering, okay, what changes did I make to the presentation to make it stronger based on what the heckler was saying, which he was not trying to be helpful. He was not trying to help me. That was not his intention. So how did I take it? You know what I understood? That he had a very good point when he said, when I'm here telling people, telling coaches, coach, you need to go out there and get clients first. His stance was, I think you're doing something irresponsible by telling people who woke up one day to tell them like, hey, you can coach tomorrow. You need the expertise. That's what, that's the point he was trying to make. You need to be an expert at what you do. I'm like, I completely agree. When I work with coaches, I'm working with coaches who have expertise who know that if I introduce them a client right now, they would be able to help them tomorrow. They do not need a month to research the topic. They do not need a month to create videos. They don't need a month to prepare. They'd be able to help you right now because they know their stuff. They know what they're doing. So that's a, a huge change that I made to my presentation is I put in the beginning an advisory. This masterclass where I'm going to teach you how to create a six-figure coaching offer only applies to you if you're the expert at what you do. And if I introduced you to a potential client, you'd be able to help them tomorrow. So that's the first thing I added to my masterclass. Now, I have an advisory for you. If you are not an expert and you've never coached before and you're not planning on creating a six-figure coaching offer, this is not going to apply to you. But if you are an expert, even if you've never coached before, but you know your stuff, and if I could introduce you to somebody right now and you could use your expertise to help them, then come to mama because I'm going to show you how to get clients in the next 30 days. That's a, that's a very slight change that I made to my presentation among many others that involved engagement, that involved, you know, making it entertaining, making it super valuable. But I really felt like it was important. So I assume that every coach that I speak to that comes into my sphere is an expert at what they do. So I added that to my presentation. It became much stronger for it because I made everybody in that presentation say in the chat right there with me, I am an expert and I don't need a month to prepare to help somebody. If I meet someone today, I can help them right now. 
I can help them right now. So if that's you, if you're like, yes, I'm an expert, I can help people. I just have no idea how to go about getting clients. I think I should be growing my audience. I think I should be creating an online course. I think I should be creating another freebie. Stop. All you need is to get clients and build the offer around them. So right now, if you're listening to this, this week of December 18th, 2023, if you're listening to this this week, this Friday, December 22nd of 2023, is the last day to join us for the January cohort of 30 Days to Clients, where all we are going to do is get you clients for your next six-figure offer. Just visit this website, 30daystoclients.com. Even if you listen to this after the deadline has passed, there will be a lot more information in there about the program, and maybe you can join us next time. Join the waitlist, or if it's still open, join us now. We have an amazing setup for you in there. You can read all the details in the checkout page, and I can't wait to show you this lifelong skill of getting clients for whatever offer you want to put out there, right? If you're not ready for that yet, if you're like, wait a minute, Tina, I'm actually interested in listening to that masterclass that you taught, that's also available out there. Just go to tinyaudiencemasterclass.com, sign up for the next one or request a replay if it's active. But those are two links that I want you to visit. If you're able to watch the masterclass, there's the entire detailed process is in there. Go and watch it at tinyaudiencemasterclass.com. But if you're ready to do this with us, go and check it out. Go check out what the price is. Make a plan and go to 30daystoclients.com and come and join us. I really hope that this was helpful. I really hope that by the end of this episode, you feel excited. Like next time that you see a heckler, a hater, you know what to do to make your program even better, to make your process of marketing even better, to make you even better. That's what this whole thing is about. Now, I really feel like my spiritual contact wanted me to go through this so that I can take more haters down the line. I still expect to feel rattled. I still expect to feel like a bear is chasing me because I'm human and that's going to happen. But if there's one thing that's for sure is I'm not going to let it stop me. And I really hope that it won't stop you either. I'll see you on the next one.